Hello and welcome to the Win Daily Show. I am Michael Brazil. I have my man Sia Najad with me. Sia, how you doing today, man? You know, I'm doing good. It, it's sort of a weird time, right? So I'm very excited about sports coming back, but then, you know, you can't really ignore like the real sort of news that's going on. And so mm-hmm. that's definitely got my attention. But, you know, Michael, we talked about it. We kind of want to just be on the show. We want to take our minds off of it for one. And to the extent some people need a breather, frankly, and I, I think a lot of people need that sort of like mental break, whether it's with us, with sports, or whether it's whatever platform they want to go on, music or whatever. You know, I think it's healthy to kind of step away every once in a while and just kind of recalibrate. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. So hopefully, uh, you know, there are some people that want to enjoy the show with us tonight, get a get a little dose of, um, I guess, not reality for a second, uh, which is nice every once in a while. It's not going anywhere. And, you know, obviously we are we're standing with the people. We're hoping for the best out there. We want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to be healthy. Uh, it's 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 a crazy time, man. You are the resident lawyer here, so I'll, I'll let you make any official statements if I may. But, you know, obviously, you know, we are we are on the side of the people, of course, uh, at least I am. I don't want to speak for you, you know, the Wind Daily team, but it's just something that it's it's crazy. It's it's unfortunate. And, you know, hopefully, you know, things can come out of this and be just a little bit better. So, Michael, I'll tell you, I mean, I don't have anything in particular prepared to say, but but, you know, one thing that is really clear is, you know, we have this situation where, you know, we have a long history of sort of, you know, prejudice or bias or classifying a certain group of people, whether it's African-Americans or, or you know, other groups get marginalized, too. Mm-hmm. And we, we classify them, you know, or some people, I should say, you know, yeah. not us, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, classify them, whether it's subconscious or not, uh, as, you know, you know, this type of people, we need to handle them this certain way or whatever. And, you know, those things aren't really spoken necessarily, but you kind of see it in practice, right? You see how, for example, a, a white police officer might, you know, treat what he thinks is a, a suspect or what have you. And that's what we saw, you know, most recently. And it was really, mm-hmm. you know, kind of heartbreaking. But, yes. you know, there is a there is a flip side to that, too. You know, the, the last thing we want to do is is paint all police officers as, you know, you know, all bad people. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's sort of a give and take here. And I think we can say both of those things that we need to really not like generalize on on both ends. But but the bigger conversation, I think, is, you know, clearly there is a problem. Clearly, when you when you watch that video, you know, we have different emotions than, you know, a a black or an African-American person might have, obviously. And I I, as much as I want to empathize with with black people on this, I I can appreciate the fact that I cannot fully empathize with Mm -hmm. them because I don't know what that feeling is like. But, you know, just for me, when I watched it, it was it was one of those things I couldn't really get through the whole video because it, it just became knowing what the result was going to be because I, I heard the news. Um, I it just became more and more heartbreaking and, and it became something like with me. I was like, you know, this person that's doing this arrest or doing whatever, you know, putting the, you know, his, his knee on it. Like he is just not like, he's just not valuing this person's life. Like mm-hmm. he is just, yeah. he is, he is treating this person's life. Like it's a different, you know, it, like it's a different life than the one, the ones that he's accustomed to. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Again, that's not everybody in the, in the police force. It just isn't, but you know, we really need to have this bigger conversation of, you know, what have they been telling us this whole time that's happening? And, you know, maybe it's not, you know, you know, a hundred percent accurate, you know, all the time in terms of like what they're saying, but uh, clearly there's a gigantic, gigantic problem. And it's a problem that, you know, people silently try to protest, whether it's, you know, Colin Kaepernick or, or and that gets ignored or that gets walked mm-hmm. out on or, or whatever. And so, you know, here we have this problem that is like, you know, you know, we have to deal with. 
Period. Yeah, it, it's it's just unfortunate, man. And I agree with you. There's a lot of generalization on both sides. And that is the frustrating part because both sides know generalization is a bad thing to do. It's just so ironic. You, you look at one, I hate both sides of the aisle. I hate all media news outlets, of course, except for when daily sports, but, um, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous to see how both sides complain about generalization while they're generalizing. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. I agree with you. Not all, not all people are bad. Not all people are good. There's obviously a, a, a clear, uh, line of demarcation there, but I, I do think, you know, it's something that we did want to address. Of course. Um, we want to make sure people understand, you know, why we're on tonight, why we're doing what we're doing. And hopefully we can hang out, have some fun. Um, as we said, give you a little, little touch of non-reality for a second, hopefully bring a smile to your face along the way. And Hey, we're here to make you some money too. So I think we can get into that. So and, and let's be honest, you know, this is going to be reintroduced into sports, whether it's, yep. you know, hockey coming back. Mm-hmm. We know the NFL season looks like it's going to start on time. So, you know, this isn't this isn't something that's going to come and go, you know, like a lot of these news yeah. cycles, you know, they just kind of filter through something and it's the next thing, you know. We're we're at a place now where this is like, you know, whether it's kneeling at NFL games or, or what, you know, it's not just going to be relegated to football, probably the NBA. And you've seen mm-hmm. some of these soccer yeah. soccer players in, in other countries already sort of protesting. I saw a big protest in uh, or a big march, I should say, in uh, New Zealand that was like mind blowing how many people were out there. So, you know, we're going to continue to see this. And, and, you know, there's always that, you know, that person that doesn't want sports to kind of mix with. You yeah. know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever political statements or, you know, whatever you want to, you know, call some of this, you know, police brutality, things of that nature. Um, but we need to deal with the fact that this is going to be sort of part of our existence. And frankly, it kind of should be. And to the extent that that you're put off by that, that people are put off by that, they need to understand that that's just a small part of sports at this point. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. to accept it and then appreciate the sport itself as well. So, you know, to get past a problem, you have to actually address a problem. Mm-hmm. And yep. so a lot of these athletes are going to be addressing the problem. And, and as sports fans, we need to understand that that's part of the fabric now. Absolutely. It is It is going to be interwoven uh, from here moving forward. And, you know, it was for a while and obviously we saw what happened there. So we'll we will see a lot of what's going to happen soon. So obviously we uh, we wanted to touch upon that. Uh, so very well said, Sia. We do appreciate you for what you do, obviously, and what you're doing here. And, uh, you know, as I said, being our lawyer and letting us, you know, making these official statements, we do appreciate you there. And we also appreciate you for going taking fourth place in the Wind Daily Poker Showdown. Congratulations, man. I mean, did, did that haunting story come back to you so you you knew what to do? Or how, how, what happened? Tell me a little bit about it. So I started out, you know, kind of, kind of cold, I guess, but, you know, I just, things sort of matriculated. And as the blinds went up, I started to really, you know, gain some steam. I took advantage mm-hmm. of some, some poor plays by other people. And then it was down to four of us. And honestly, I, I, I was chip leader, you know, for a really good amount of time. Once it was down to the top 10, I was pretty much chip leader the whole time. And then I got caught. Uh, I got really unlucky to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I had a pair and a guy who was kind of low stacked or at least much lower than me, uh, he had ace king. Uh, he so he didn't hit anything on the flop, but he thought I was bluffing when I let out with a bet. He came over top. He ended up having six outs, and he hit one of those outs on the turn, and then I was out. But uh-huh. it was really, it was really fun, Michael. I, I mean, finishing fourth was great. I'm always like, you know, when I'm that close, I always am like a little bit frustrated. You can probably mm-hmm. tell by like just by the nature of the fact that I told that story. Like I'm a little annoyed by it, but he was really good. Most of the people were, were really good players, and, and to the extent that were inexperienced players, like like yourself, like everybody had fun, and that's yeah. 
totally what this is all about. I mean, again, you know, talk about built-in distractions. You know, this was something fun that we just that Jason just kind of wanted to do uh, on behalf of Win Daily. I know he like paid some buy-ins, and I'll tell you, you know, I. I reaped some financial benefit from finishing fourth. Nothing crazy, but my first thought was like, I'm going to give some of that back and sponsor some people who want to play, you know, next time. So I'm oh, yeah. actually really excited about the next Wind Daily tournament because I, I feel like I, you know, I should sponsor at least, you know, two or three people to come in and just like have a free entry. I know Jason does that all the time anyway, but honestly, we're not like, we're not doing it for the money. Like we, we mm-hmm. like it's, this is supposed to be like a family atmosphere. Like in the discord chat, we were all talking a little bit too. And I just want as many people to play and have fun as possible. That's really the bottom line. Yeah. Like any sort of financial benefit is totally like extraneous and not even really necessary, frankly. I mean, it, it was fun. I won my first hand. I was so excited and pretty much was totally finished after that. So it, it was fun though. We had, we had a blast. I enjoyed it. I learned a little bit. We had, as you said, very nice family atmosphere. We were talking about it in the in the discord chat for a little while make sure to go in there it's free everything in the discord chat is free uh it was just it was an absolute blast so i'm glad we did it as you said you know shout out jason for for paying a couple buy-ins um and yeah hopefully we get to do it again and one of these times see ya, one of these times you're gonna take it down and i can't wait it's gonna be absolutely fantastic so kudos to you there man i think it's awesome so um do you have anything else on poker no, well, first of all, kudos to Global Poker because their platform oh, yes. for you. this for this event is, and I and I know they had a promotional part of this for the you know the people that were part of our tournament. Um, so essentially, it was kind of like a free roll for really everybody because they mm-hmm. sort of doubled the money that you you know that that it cost to enter the tournament. They gave you forty instead of the twenty. So that was really cool. Global Poker is a great platform. So I, I mean, that's the second time we've played on it. There's literally been zero complaints. I yeah. can tell you from all the years I've played poker, there's always like that one guy or those 10 guys are like, oh, this sucks. I like the one that I used to use and, you know, creature of habit, you know, that kind of thing. They're literally was not, you know, we had over, I could think a hundred on this one. And then mm-hmm. we had like 175 on the first yeah. one. And I literally didn't hear a single person be like, oh, I don't like this platform. I'm not fond of this, or they don't do this right. Global poker is where it's at. Like that is an extremely sophisticated and very easy to use platform. Yeah. Shout out to them for partnering with us for the tournament. That was absolutely fantastic. So as you said, hopefully we get another one coming in soon. So that is our recap of poker. Uh, Make sure again, join the discard chat. We talk about it a little bit there, but we wanted to talk a little bit about, we have a couple things, you know, the show, I mean, we're already 10 minutes into it, but we still have NHL playoff previews to look at. We're going to talk about some golf. I mean, we have Sia here, right? Of course, we're going to talk about fantasy football and some of the news that's been going on. And then a little bit later, we're going to bring on our friend ghost to do a little DFS for some KBO and CSGO. And, we're going to talk a lot about um, acronyms again. So we'll see how that goes. I think we did a great job with it last time. So see it with the new playoff format for the NHL. It should be a lot of fun. Um, we spoke about it a couple Tuesdays ago. I think, I don't know. Days don't really mean anything anymore. So the top four seeds from each conference, they're going to play a little round Robin to kind of determine the top four seeds and just kind of see how they, they stack out. And then the bottom eight are all going to play uh a five game play in series essentially how do you feel about that and how excited are you for just any sort of sports to come back at this point well the nhl is doing it right so it's kind of one of those things where you know mlb please take notes right yes so i like the format i think it's fair you know i i think you know i have the argument with respect to the nba that they don't really need to bring the extra teams back because mm-hmm. i think most of those teams are like out of it enough to really not be able to come back that's just my yeah. opinion on that but in this particular case, I like how they're doing it. I like how they're doing it with the top four seeds. I'm super excited. And I really think 
this is going to be a really big deal for the NHL in terms of like really garnering the interest that the NHL deserves, particularly with the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. for all these people that really don't pay attention to the regular season, they're all of a sudden going to be like inundated with NHL hockey playoffs. And, and maybe baseball will be on the shelf when that is happening. So NHL will get a lot of the attention along with the NBA, which will come back around the same time. So for that casual fan that first gets to introduce, that first gets introduced to watching NHL, via the playoffs they're gonna be like holy cow this is intense i didn't know this is what hockey was Mm -hmm. and frankly during the regular season like most sports that isn't what hockey is but in the playoffs i've told you before playoff hockey is is one of the most intense animals of any sport and it is going to be really really exciting i can't wait i mean essentially they're just giving us eight more playoff series at this point with all these five game plans like that's all they're saying is like you want more playoff hockey here you go here's another eight friggin' series for you guys to enjoy and bet on and have fun. And they're five game series too. So, you know, I'm very excited for the one or two series that do go to overtime, double overtime, triple overtime in that fifth game. It's going to be absolutely bonkers and I can't, cannot wait for it. So we do have a couple, uh, just a couple lines that we wanted to talk about here. The, uh, I think CBS sports, if I'm not mistaken, is where you found these lines. See, I just took them in copy and paste him if i'm being honest so a couple teams we just wanted to point out some of the favorites we have the knights and the bruins at plus 550 we have the lightning at plus 800 the washington capitals the blues the avalanche um all around 800 to 850 and then some of the teams towards the bottom which are i mean there's i mean there's a lot of teams toward the bottom obviously we have the rangers the blue jackets the panthers and the islanders all at plus 7500 oh and the wild and then we have the canadians and the blackhawks at plus 10000 are you putting any money on some of these future bets here so I'll tell you, I already got the Capitals before the season started in okay. Vegas at a Vegas sportsbook mm-hmm. at 21 to 1. Me and my buddy uh, John Norell got that. So, you know, it's a plus 800 here. You're really not getting great value. I mean, the Capitals were really kind of slipping towards the end of the season and the Flyers were kind of catching them. I actually think this rest is going to be really, really beneficial to the Capitals. I mean, it's a veteran team. They know playoff hockey, so they're not going to need a couple games to kind of get started. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like I said, these older teams, they can kind of use the rest where I think that, you know, the younger teams, you know, they might just sort of be like, okay, you know, I got rest, but it's not really making mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. I feel rusty coming back. So I don't like the Capitals at plus 800. I don't think there's value there, but in terms of, and we'll preview this like as it gets closer, but, you know, jumping off the page to me, you know, the Dallas Stars at plus 1500, I think is pretty good value. I think the Edmonton Oilers at plus 2500 is pretty good value. As far as those teams that are, you know, kind of way down there, Nothing in particular is really interesting to me. I mean, maybe the Islanders at plus 7,500, but you know, that's just a complete and absolute dart throw. So mm-hmm. if I was going to, if I was going to take something now, I don't think there's, I think the Bruins are the best team in hockey, but I don't think there's any value in taking the Bruins or the Knights at plus 550. So I would probably go far, you know, further down to maybe the Flyers plus 1200, the Stars plus 1500, and the Edmonton Oilers at plus 2500. And then just kind of see what happens because, as you know, you put those Mm -hmm. bets in. And then as the hockey playoffs kind of go, you can start to figure out if you want to hedge and take another team if your play, you know, if your teams are getting Mm -hmm. far enough. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting, especially with like the first part the the play in series aspect of it because we have most a majority of the teams right so there's going to be eight that are still solidified in and all the other teams all the other the other 16 teams now they're essentially none of them are really in the playoffs quote unquote until they get past that five game series so it's it's really interesting to me i mean taking really any of these teams that aren't in the playoffs i don't think 
is a great way of looking at it. I, I mean, I don't know. Again, there's some value here. And my girlfriend's a pretty big uh, Rangers fan, so maybe I'll throw you know five bucks or or a hundred bucks or whatever she's looking for. How much that's does an so engagement? Sweet. How much Michael, does an engagement ring so cost? I don't remember. But, All right, so let's uh, do the math real quick. No, that's a very good question. So, so the Rangers odds are what? Where, where are we at here? Uh, seventy-five uh, to one. Yes. Okay. Seventy-five so, to one. Okay. Let's. If you wanted to go like super baller, you're gonna have to put like at least a hundred bucks on this. Okay. Cool. But you can bucks. totally get away with putting fifty and getting like a nice ring. Okay. So, cool. I'll let her know. Put 50 so on I, the range. I already bought the ring. We're actually engaged. We're going to get married very soon, but I kind of want to get oh. paid back for it. That's kind of the way I'm thinking about it right now. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there in a little bit, I guess. And then so let's talk about these five game play in series. It's going to be really weird. I, we don't really know what anyone's legs are going to be like. As you said, sometimes it might be good for the older teams because they get rest. But I don't think four months of rest is ever good in the middle of a season. That's essentially just an off season at that point. But we um, we just wanted to highlight a couple of these series that we thought were going to be a little interesting. Um, and our man, Zach, over on the Wind Daily Sports uh, website, he actually published an article. Zach, I see you watching us. So I'm going to shout you out, man, at PRB Puck picks fantastic fantastic hockey writer for us he likes the rangers at plus 130 over the carolina hurricanes he likes the islanders at plus 100 over the florida panthers and he likes the predators at minus 125 over somehow the arizona coyotes or the phoenix coyotes or whatever the hell they are whoever the hell they are anymore how do you feel about some of these picks and are you going to be putting too much stake into this first round or are you looking to see i guess how does everybody look coming out again of this almost, you know, off an entire off season before the playoffs? Yeah, I'll probably put some sort of like fun money on it. But honestly, I would be more interested in hearing like, you know, when, when we bring Zach on to the show yeah. and we hear like what he has to say before these series starts. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of these picks are predicated on the analysis behind them. And I, and I think everybody's going to want to know what Zach has to say about him, including myself. I'll tell you, like right off the bat, though, with those three series. I do like the Rangers plus 130. I just think that's a really good price. Um, the Hurricanes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I believe that's the team that knocked the Caps out last year. They are like a very playoff savvy team, yeah. a very veteran team, but I do like the Rangers plus 130. Um, the other one, or, or there were two more, the Islanders plus 100 against the Panthers. I'm, you know, I'll probably all, you know, the Florida Panthers are sort of always a fade to me. They're really never like good enough yep. to make the playoffs. And so I don't really think they're deserving here. And the Islanders had a stretch of their season that was like really, really impressive. So, you know, if we're looking at upside, I absolutely like the Islanders over the uh, Panthers because I think they have a higher, they have a higher ceiling. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. Um, yeah. The Coyotes and Predators, I've been super disappointed with the Predators over the last three years. They, they seem to have the players in the makeup to really like make a sort of like Tampa Bay lightning type run mm -hmm. in terms of like just speed and finesse and all this stuff. But they always flake out in the playoffs. I don't know if this break is going to help them or not. I sort of doubt it will. But I mean, I guess you never know that that would be a stay away for me. But mm -hmm. uh, I, if I had to bet it, I would certainly take the Coyotes because I just don't believe in what um, most people believe in with respect to Nashville. Very interesting. See, I would have went Predators, but only because they've been to the playoffs so much recently. As you said, they kind of flake out in the playoffs, but at least they make it there. I mean, they obviously have made it to the Stanley Cup a couple years ago as well. So I think the experience is there, as you were talking about with some of these older teams. I agree with you. They always feel like they come up short. I've always wanted them to win. You know, Smashville, that was awesome a couple years ago. But I do think that there is an opportunity there for them to make a little bit more of a run out of these, like, I guess, what are we calling them? You know, like the first four with the March Madness tournament. Is this like the first 16 or whatever? The, we'll have to coin a phrase. Just remember to trademark it. So yeah, that's what, 
that's what you're here for, right? To be Roger honest. Right. <laughs> so, um, no, man, I'm excited. Whatever. I'm just so excited for sports to come back. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. And I mean, we have some MMA on Saturday, so we're going to be having Jimbo come on and talk about that on the Thursday show. But we also have golf coming back on Saturday, which I am very, very excited about. So Sia, you got to talk to me. Oh, it's not even this Saturday, is it? It's next Saturday. It's next Thursday. What's Sia, just explain golf to me. I'm out. Well, next Saturday, there will also be golf, but yes, no, it starts yes. next Thursday. It's the Charles, um, Charles Schwab challenge. Try to say that three times fast. So the really cool thing about this, other than golf is back, which is really like the only cool thing, except for the fact that you would almost think that the first tournament back, like, especially with the pandemic sort of still kind of happening, that it wouldn't really be a full field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the field here is really, really impressive. I mean, I'll, I'll just rattle off a few names. Rory, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, DJ Xander, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, which you know, isn't very good anymore, but it's still a big name. Mm -hmm. uh, Ricky Fowler, Sung J.M., Matt Kuchar. You know, that that's just, honestly, I just, that was just a few names I grabbed mm -hmm. that was sort of at the top of the odds list. But th this field is so full. Like, from a DFS perspective, there's going to be so much to break down before Thursday. And we'll do that probably Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we'll have articles up and, you know, we'll be in the Discord. You know, we have a new member to our golf team. Yes. Who has already posted some work and he's super impressive stuff. So I'm really excited. Like, just I think the whole Win Daily team is excited to have golf back because we're attacking it from a lot of different angles and we're going to be giving the information like on the Win Daily show, Tuesdays and Thursdays, of course, but mm -hmm. also like with our regular, you know, articles and our Discord chat and stuff like that. So, yes, pretty exciting very stuff. Very excited to talk about it again. This is kind of, I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of mixed martial arts, especially during a pandemic. I will absolutely watch NASCAR, especially during a pandemic, but there's something about golf coming back. It, it really does feel like now. All right, we're, we're starting to get there. We're starting to feel it. Uh, is there, are there any other tournaments lined up? I know, I know this was in our notes. I'm actually just kind of curious. Are there any tournaments lined up after the one on the 11th? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've, they have the full slate already built out. So unless something crazy happens, you know, this, we're going to have golf, you know, for the, re the rest mm -hmm. of the way. I, awesome. So the only difference is I know that for the first four events, there's definitely not going to be any fans, which yeah. as a viewer doesn't really affect us. Like it would, you know, like football or you mm -hmm. know basketball or hockey. But uh, so, so that's sort of the only sort of restriction we know of. Uh, but as far as the tournaments themselves, those are happening unless something, you know, wildly, you know, unexpected happens and then we have to you yeah. know, go on another delay that you know that goes for any sport but yeah. fortunately golf is the one sport where that's less likely to happen and mma mm -hmm. speaking of mma and by the way jim did make me money with his with his picks uh last week not in dfs because i didn't play mma dfs last weekend but in just the outright betting market he had two picks that i took and they both they both hit so please pay attention on thursday because he's winning money he's winning you money on dfs and he's winning you money um with just sports betting but no, it's um golf golf is golf is back in full swing, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, that was good, man. You're good at this stuff. You should be professional. But yeah, Jim's gonna come on, on Thursday, talk a little bit about MMA. He's also gonna talk about LOL, your favorite of the DFSs. Um, but still with golf, I guess there, there's a couple of things here that I do want to just kind of understand a little bit, especially with this being just a it, it's just weird. We don't really know it's it's wacky. I mean, we don't know what the heck this is gonna look like when you're at least starting to break some of this down, who are you looking at? And I guess, how are you looking at the DFS field when deciding who you're probably going to be taking or who you're at least paying attention to a little bit more in the lead up to, you know, really, really breaking this thing entirely down? 
So from a DFS standpoint, I think the way you need to attack this is knowing that we really don't have a lot of information from these golfers from a, from a recent history standpoint, mm -hmm. which, you know, everybody who breaks down golf is going to rely on recent history to some yeah. degree. You know, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, how much they value that. But, you know, what I really will be focused on is probably trying to be as contrarian as possible, because no matter what, you know, even if people like people are always drawn to the big names, no matter like if there's been a pandemic or what have you. So people will always be trying to fit, you know, Rory McIlroy in their lineup or maybe even like a Tony Finau because he's recently won here. Like so there are certain big names, names that I just mentioned, you know, DJ or, you know, popular names like Bryson DeChambeau, who, you know, I actually like in this tournament. But the point is, I'm going to try to be as sort of contrarian as possible. I mean, this might be one of those tournaments where instead of using like my $50,000, you know, allotted you know salary to pick players mm. you know a lot of times people you know they'll leave like 300 on the table to make their their lineup different i might leave like 2500 on the table in some of my gpps just to be like super different because frankly i think a lot of these like the the middling guys or i should say the middle priced guys are going to be very valuable and because we don't know the condition of these top flight players like i could fade the i could fade the top 10 guys if i wanted to and generally speaking people don't do that yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, it's, you're going to try and go with something that's safe, right? You know, we'll, we'll use safe in air quotes because you don't, we don't really know what happens. So you're going to go for the name. You're going to go for the person who they are, as you said, with Tony Finau, who just recently won there, which, you know, is always, you know, an opportunity, but I do think I'm very excited for your article. I'm excited for Steven, Steven Polari, who's part of the, the team over here now. Um, Patrick Waters. I know he's an incredible PGA author as well over here, writer for one daily. So I'm excited to see everyone's breakdown, see kind of how we're looking at it, what we're doing, what we're playing, who we're playing for cash games, who we're playing for DFS and also who we're betting on. Um, are there any, any lines right now that you're kind of looking at that might, uh, might start to, again, you know, just at least just pay attention to monitor a little bit moving into the next weekend. So thank you for asking, because oh, I do have yeah. some guys that sort of jumped out at me. First of all, what you need to know about this course, just from a like a top line standpoint, is that any skill set can win this course. You know, in other words, you know, a lot of courses are like super long. And it's mm -hmm. like if you're not a bomber, if you're not like super long off the tee, like kind of good luck, you're going to have to really play a perfect a perfect four days to win the tournament. This is not the case here. So, you know, Kevin Na has won here. He's short, whereas Tony Finau's one year. He's long, you know, so. That actually opens up a lot of things, both for DFS and the outright market. So what I would probably be focused on is, is really good, like iron play, like really just guys that are really good, like just getting it on the fairway and getting it close, you know, that aren't scrambling too much because they're on mm -hmm. the green on their second shot in a part four, in a par four, you know, whatever the case may be. So I picked out a couple guys that fit that mold and a couple guys that I just kind of like to bet on because they've already won me money this year. Mm. Um, and namely that's Patrick Reed because I had him outright, you know, before this pandemic happened and uh, in a couple cases and, and he came in in one of them, but just, just from the top down in terms of odds, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to like Bryson DeChambeau the rest of the year. And, and I already have him as a, as a master's winner. And I got that like three or four or five months ago because I wow. was like, oh, this guy is up and coming. He's changed his swing. He's super long off the tee. He looks completely dialed in. Of course, that could all break down, but he has been really like rock solid. So I got him to win the Masters at some like crazy price that's already like, you know, deflated now. So I, I can't remember what it was, maybe 45 to one or 50 to one or something like that. I think it's already My down goodness. to like 35 to one or something. But the point is, I like Bryson to win here. He's not going to be like a play that I would like strongly recommend because again, 
even though he's long off the team, all that stuff, that doesn't necessarily benefit you mm-hmm. here. So um, Patrick Reed at 33 to one. Uh, the guy, here's, here's a couple guys I really like though. Colin Morikawa, this is his second year on the tour. He was a rookie last year. He has been completely lights out. He's 45 to one. That's just extremely good value. Anybody that I really like that's going to be like, 30 to one or more, I'm going to go ahead and take before Thursday. Usually the guys that are like maybe like kind of shorter odds, I might wait to take them maybe maybe middle of the tournament because maybe they'll have a bad day one and all of a sudden the mm-hmm. 15 to one shot is the 35 to one shot. Like, so if I don't, if I don't think I'm getting great value, I might just kind of wait and see what happens and, you know, take it on Thursday night or Friday night or what have you. So, but more account 45 to one, that's, that's an auto play for me. Abraham answer. I love, I've been playing him for a couple of years, 70 to one. Uh, Max Homa was absolutely lights out before this pandemic happened. I mean, he sort of just kind of came out of nowhere. He flashed a little bit last year, but, you know, here and there, and he had a lot of bad rounds. Uh, Homa has been really good, very consistent. He's 80 to one. And then finally, this is a guy I've been playing for a long time. Very, very long odds, but he's somebody at 125 to one. I think like literally if you're, if you're a sports book, if like the minimum is like three bucks, like put three bucks on Nick Taylor, like mm-hmm. you know, who cares? So uh, 125 to one uh, for Nick Taylor. Again, I haven't really broken this tournament down yet. Neither has anybody at Win Daily yet. It's a little premature to do that, and, and we'll we'll have it. You know, in, in the next two to three days, mm-hmm. we'll really have it broken down. Certainly by Tuesday, we'll have a lot more to say about it. But those guys, that's six guys right there: Bryson, Patrick Reed, Colin Morikawa, Abraham Answer, Max Homa, Nick Taylor. Uh, just from a pure value standpoint, I like their odds, and and I'll probably be playing them a little bit. I can't wait. Yes, next Tuesday is when we're going to do a nice breakdown of what we got going on. Obviously, we do the show Thursday night. And the golf will have already started by then. So Tuesdays moving forward are going to be a very heavy golf night. So I know what night Sia is looking forward to most of the time, week by week. So it should be a lot of fun. And I'm very excited for it. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm more of a casual golf fan. But if it's coming back and it's the only thing I'm going to watch, it's going to be on my TV Thursday through Sunday. I can promise you that, especially if I have a bunch of money put on it because you're so convincing. Like, How could I not? Michael, can I ask you, have you ever done golf DFS? I have not. Because I, I've said this before, golf DFS is the best DFS. Uh, I'm not trying you to, have, that's not like a tagline. You have yeah, said I, that. I, it's, it's better than NFL DFS. Just from a pure enjoyment standpoint, it's better than NFL. It's better than hockey, baseball, NBA. You have a four-day sweat. And if all six of your guys make the cut, honestly, even if five guys make the cut, you have a shot if you have if those five guys are really close. But like, if all six of your guys make the cut, you are you are watching Saturday and Sunday for like a lot of exciting things that could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they don't. But if you really have those six guys make the cut, trust me, you're checking your app. And it's so fun because, you know, golf is like kind of like it's sort of built in that it's a relaxing sport. So you're yeah. not like necessarily on the edge of your seat. So it's like a sweat, so to speak, you know, air quotes up here. But like it's not like super crazy intense mm-hmm. until maybe you have like a real shot like Sunday afternoon. And then you might get really angry when somebody misses like a three footer. But I'm telling you a lot of these tournaments for somebody like you that maybe doesn't want to do it or hasn't done it. Like they have these like low buy-in tournaments that like, in, in, and I know Nick talks a lot about, you know, contest management, you know, single mm-hmm. entry or three max or something like that, or just a, a, a cash setup where you're doing a double up, you know, I would definitely recommend you do a few of those. And just oh, kind yeah. of see how you feel because it is it is super fun. I promise you, I'm in, and I, I mean, I have direct line to you. Your 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 name comes up in my phone on a daily basis at this point, so don't worry. I will be absolutely taking advantage of that. I'll be taking advantage of the other writers. Taking advantage sounds kind of mean. 
I will be utilizing the other Raiders for my <laughs> pleasure, potentially. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm very excited for it, man. I mean, I already jumped the gun. I thought it was this Saturday. I got so excited and realized we actually have, <laughs> we have a few more days to wait. Um, really only like nine days till next Thursday. So we'll see how it goes. But so yeah, it, I, ha- I, I have, Michael, what? I have to say this before we transition. I think we're going to talk about NFL next, which I'm obviously like super excited about. We're going to do kind of like a, a face off type thing with uh, certain players that are being drafted close to each other, average draft position. But, um, you know, I told you this, I think I might've told you this once when we did our interview, but the the reality of being in a $3 entry golf tournament and uh-huh. 67,000 people and change are in it. And I got on a plane and I was like ranked, you know, I was, you know, it was Sunday afternoon. So it was really coming down, you know, the stretch here. It this, by the way, this was literally three years ago. And I checked my phone, I'm ranked like 75 or out of the 67,000, which by the way is really good, but it was a $3 entry. So like, what's that worth? Not much. So I was like, oh, cool. I did well. You know, I was sort of somewhat like newer to to fantasy golf at that point. Anyway, long story short, I checked my phone on the plane. It was JetBlue. I got like the, the, whatever the blue JetBlue Wi-Fi is called Mm -hmm. or whatever. I was like, and honestly, I wasn't even really, I was getting the Wi-Fi, I think, because I wanted like WhatsApp or text people or something. I was like, oh, let me check this tournament that I think I cashed like 25 bucks in. And so I... I click on DraftKings and it's $5,000 second place out of 67,000. I'm like, holy cow, this is unbelievable. Like, you know, on a $3 entry, you, you know, you mm-hmm. get a, a $60 return. You're like, man, this is pretty cool. So anyway, that was sort of the birth of me being super excited, me starting to like really study and get in, get into the numbers and all the sophistication that's involved with um, golf DFS. Those stories don't happen a lot, nor should they. Um, you know, obviously I got a, probably a little lucky there. I think it was like uh-huh. my only entry in that tournament, but. I'm telling you, man, just the, the idea that that's even a possibility on a $3 entry is pretty compelling. I love it. And again, you get to help me create all these lineups now. So I'm very excited for it. And hopefully that'll be me one day. Maybe that'll be me one day with your help, of course, as you are going to be very nice and buy a couple people's buy-ins for our next poker tournament. Don't worry, sure. Sia. I'll give you those $3 back. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds good, man. What a guy, right? What a guy. Awesome. And as you were saying, we, of course, we, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a daily thing at this point. We are going to have to talk about NFL. Have to. We get to talk about NFL. I'm so sorry. We got a little bit of news and notes. Uh, the regular season kicks off 100 days from today. Did you realize that? How cool is that? Hundred days. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard that earlier this this uh, this evening, and I'm super. Like that's not a long time. No, three it's months. Not, three months and change. It's it's crazy. So and, and here's I, the question. Every, yeah. Does NFL kick off before baseball comes back? That's the real question. Oh man. So the answer. To, well, I mean, you know, obviously, ba- I don't think baseball can come back after that. No, that I time. Don't. But that's but to your point. But to but to your point. <laughs> And I said this on Sirius on Sunday when I was on with Jason, the Wind Daily Show, of course. I think baseball is coming back. I think they're going to put something together kind of like at the last minute, so to speak. And by the way, to me, the last minute is sometime either this week or next week. Yep. So if they don't have something like sort of optimistically, like at least, you know, penciled out, so, so to speak, like they're in really big trouble. And and I think they're going to like dig in even more. But I, I honestly, if I had to put a line on it, I think within the next 10 days, we are going to see what looks like enough progress where everybody's going to be like, oh, cool, this is going to mm-hmm. happen. Because I think yeah. both owners and players are sort of starting to feel like, hey, man, this is not going to feel right. I know some owners like s- sort of stand to benefit with the canceled season because they're going to lose money if they play like a certain number of games, or at least that's what I'm hearing. But I think, I think ultimately, you know, the majority of the owners and the players will prevail and they'll figure this thing out. And, and I agree with you. I do think something will come from it on the Saturday show with Jason, the one that 
I get to grace the airwaves on. Um, of course, Wind Daily Show 5 to 7 on Sirius XM Radio. Or are we moving to 7 to 9 now? We're 7 to 9. Yes, right? so it's 7 to 9 this weekend, and I think it, it will be for a little bit of time. Then uh, And then we'll probably, once NFL season comes back, mm-hmm. we'll probably get um, moved around again. So, yeah, 7 o'clock uh, Saturday to, to enjoy Michael and Jason on Sirius Fantasy Sports Channel, of course. And me and Jason is uh, Sunday, 7 to 9. And you always get Nick, too. I'm always so jealous. We get David Meltzer, though, moving forward. He's on Saturdays with me, so I'm very excited for that. But as I was saying, I apologize for that digression and not knowing my time. So I apologize to that, Jason. But with um, with that, I mean, there I, I had a nice little rant, or at least what I like to think of as a rant, because I love baseball so much, and it just hurts me that it's not coming back as soon as I would like it to come back. It's definitely, I think something's going to happen. I think it's going to come back. And, and you make a point, you know, some of these owners will will lose money well, what happens if they don't have fans for an entire year? I mean, you're cutting your nose to spite your face, right? So you lose money this year. If you if you do come back, you're going to lose way more money in the future if you don't come back and just piss off a bunch of people. And because there will be people out there that say, "Why you don't even you're not even willing to come together on terms to figure out how to play? Why should I give you any of my money moving forward?" So I think it's you know one of those situations where short term they might have something to gain, but I think long term it would be very detrimental for the sport if they did not come back in any capacity. So totally agree. Totally agree. You don't want to be fourth fiddle. Like NHL is about to jump you. And if you're not careful, soccer is going to jump you in five or 10 years. So you guys need to step it up and figure this out. And you need to let players do bat flips. You need to feature players in commercial commercials like the NBA does and other major sports. Like figure it out. This is not exactly like an algorithm that is like hard to decipher. Like it's super simple math, like feature your players, figure out these, you know, these little squabbles that you have every 10 years or five years or when a mm-hmm. pandemic comes up and boom, you have a sport that is like thriving right now. It's not thriving. It's, it's a bad look. Uh, it's a very bad look. As I said with Jason, us Mets fans, we know the word optics a lot and it's not good optics, but anyway, going back to the NFL for a second. So Henry Ruggs, the news came out. I actually woke up to it. I think two days ago or yesterday, I can't remember what it was. My cousin sent me a screenshot from some like a random Twitter account. And then the news finally came out, but Henry Ruggs punctured his thigh while helping a friend move. It sounds like he got caught between like a trailer and a truck or something. Not a good look. Um, how do you feel about that moving forward for Henry Ruggs? I mean, he was in crutches. Do you think that's going to do anything for his draft stock when it comes to fantasy? Not at all. But but what I'm starting to like, uh, I don't understand why these players, like I understand it's like for him, he's probably moved a lot of furniture around. But like yeah. you are now like in, in a phase of your life where the next 10 years are the 10 years where you are absolutely going to make them like more money than almost everybody on the planet. Like mm-hmm. you need to stop riding motorcycles. Not that he's doing that, but there's certain but, things yeah, like don't go skydiving. Like maybe, maybe if you're going to play like a pickup basketball game, maybe just kind of like chill and don't go like a hundred percent, like moving furniture, moving heavy furniture. Like there are certain things like you just pay somebody to move the anymore. furniture, man. Just pay somebody to move that furniture. He got a signing bonus. He's a first round draft pick. I know he has a lot of money. Pay somebody to move the damn furniture. It's kind of like when people, um, when athletes in particular get caught with drinking and driving, but even like, even like just regular people like you have uber but especially if you're an athlete like that you know all eyes are on you you know mm-hmm. and so it's like get an uber like what do we get a mover like th- these are not hard things to figure out and i understand he's young and he probably just yeah. wanted to help out his dad i think he was helping his dad move i, I something like think that, that's yeah. the story i read but man come on no i don't think it affects his, his i think he's gonna be fine in two weeks and i think he's gonna be flying around the field i, I like him a little bit this year but i, I love him long term 
Yes, we will see. I'm obviously hoping for his his health. I, want, I think that's the most important thing, but it's very confusing to me. Um, a couple a couple other pieces of news. We have Deshaun Jackson thinks if there's no fans, no crowd noise, let's mic everyone up. How do you feel about that? I think that was, I, mean, I mean, we've talked about it, right? That would be a blast. It would be a blast. Deshaun is so Hollywood. Like this is this yeah, is something right. he would say on the back end of his career. Like maybe he can parlay it into a show or something. Yep. But I don't think the NFL is going to do this. Uh, no. I think it would be kind of fun. First of all, if they did it, they'd have to do it on like a 10 second delay or something because, you know, there's a lot of things that are said on a yes. football field that people would not be accepting of. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess now that I think about it, like they're definitely not going to do it. So it sounds like you agree with me. It's unfortunate. I think it would be awesome. I think they should do it in the NBA as well. I think they should do it in literally every sport. Um, I I mean, we saw it with a little bit with the MLB players and kind of how they did it. You can't really do it the same way in, in really any of the other sports, but I think it would be super interesting and it would be a lot of fun to listen to. So uh, maybe like a pay-per-view version. I don't know. That would be kind of, you know, maybe something or, or, you know, ESPN, they had the explicit version on ESPN for the last dance. And then, you know, if you're, you want to not hear all those words, go to ESPN too. I think everything will be fine, but we'll see, man. I'm, I'm excited. I want something though. Oh no. I mean, the, the, the problem there is, and I, I, know, I know they've mic'd up people in the past, but sensitive information that is like you know between the quarterback and the coach that like goes on and it's yes. it, i don't think any nfl team would agree with that no i don't i don't think that's gonna happen at all um and then we'll move on to uh boston scott you sent me this news over which made me laugh because i actually just wrote an article and it's going to be posted tonight or tomorrow morning i can't remember on windellysports.com it's completely free on why i think miles sanders is not going to hit the over i think he's going to be the under on 1449.5 yards per, from scrimmage then you sent me the news that says well they couldn't sign anyone as we talked about the last couple of weeks they looked at Devonte freeman they looked at carlos hyde clearly they did not come to a an agreement with either of them so now boston scott looks like he's going to get a bigger share of the uh of the touches in the offense how do you feel about that i mean you've been calling out boston scott's name all, all off season at this point so i think this just validates the hell out of you i mean scott was really really good last year when he actually got action he played he's against just one the of those... giants he played against the giants let's pump the brakes we all know how we feel on the over under on giants so let's pump the brakes a little bit but yes i agree yeah, no, he's good. I mean, he he really fits that sort of like, you know, he's hard to tackle. He's like a little like MJD running around there. And um, no, I, I, the problem though with your bet in the 1449 yards is that mm -hmm. I could see if they don't sign somebody, obviously that means it's going to be a few more carries. Like I thought maybe Carlos Hyde or Devontae Freeman would, would cut in there. So Boston Scott would be third fiddle, or at least that's what I thought. He would be third fiddle mm -hmm. to whoever they sign. So if it's just Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, I mean, I, I guess I kind of like Miles Sanders' stock a little bit more, but we are talking about Doug Peterson, and he loves to kind of move pieces around and kind of do the unpredictable thing. So to your point, I probably would still be on that under, but I still expect the Eagles to sign somebody, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I do too, honestly. I, I still do. Ex maybe that's just kind of the smoke they're throwing out there. Just to be like, oh, we're cool. We have Corey Clement and, you know, Boston Scott. We're fine. It's like, all right, well, maybe we want to we want to talk about that a little bit. So uh, we are going to have our man Ghost hop on in a couple minutes. He's already in the room. Ghost, we are so sorry. We uh, took a little longer on some of this other stuff uh, than we expected. He gave me a thumbs up, so we're good to go there. So just a couple more things on the NFL. So with that being said, what, I, what we wanted to do, we thought it would be cool to look at some of these running back by committees or running backs that will be sharing carries in some capacity and see who we like, especially around certain ADP. So we went on to uh, nfc.com slash SH something or other. I don't know. Nick Brettwish. It's his website. He said, this is the only one to pay attention to. So I said, okay. So that's the only one I use moving forward now, but 
what I did was I went and uh, we're going to play a little this or that with Sia and see who he likes around the certain ADPs on running backs that look like they're going to be sharing some carries this year, which is going to be really interesting. So the first one we're going to throw up, we have Miles Sanders. He's getting out, uh, his ADP right now is about 14.5, 14.7 and Nick Chubb about 15.7. So they're pretty much one draft pick apart. Who are you looking at there and who would you rather, if you're in that 14, 15 range, which one of those running backs are you looking at uh, more, more lovingly? Yeah, Nick Chubb. I think I think he's just going to be more reliable from a rushing attempt standpoint. So, I mean, it, I, I don't know what Miles Sanders' rushing total is off the top of my head, like from a bookmaker standpoint, but I mm-hmm. do know that Chubb's is 1,300 and a half, which is wow. a, a ton. That's just rushing yards. It's not yards yeah. from scrimmage. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah. I understand we have Kareem Hunt on that team and he's very good. And by the way, Kareem Hunt's in a contract year, but Kareem Hunt, I think, is less of a threat from a, you know, taking carries away rather than, you know, taking targets away. Cause Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt catches a lot of yep. catches a lot of passes. So no, but between them, I'll take the predictability of Chubb. Don't forget St- Stefanski is there now. They're going to run the ball a lot. You know, they're, they're going to be predicated on the run and the play action. And, and I think it's, it's Chubb's world. I, I think Chubb is potentially, you know, I'm not looking at, at, at a projection right now, but I think he's potentially a, a top 12 pick for sure. Yeah, I mean, his ADP right now is a little bit higher than that, but I agree with you. I, I think the the one wild card obviously is Kareem Hunt and what exactly that looks like and and how that offense, lo- I really want to see it on the field. And, you know, I heard they're going to run a lot of two back sets. They're going to run a lot of 22 personnel, which is pretty weird in today's NFL. I mean, two tight mm-hmm. ends, two running backs, you never, ever see that anymore. But if it works, man, roll with it. Like, I, whatever, I mean, I'm all for it. So really excited to see what that looks like. I think... I think Nick Chubb, I mean, both of these picks long-term, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, both of them are awesome. Cause I mean, as you said, Kareem Hunt's probably leaving next year. They're not going to pay him that much money to have two running backs. So moving forward, I think Nick Chubb and Sanders are both great picks, but I don't know. I think I'm going to lean with you on Chubb, but I think it is definitely a toss up and it makes sense why they are so close in the standings. Um, the next one. So we have rookie Jonathan Taylor. I like calling him Jonathan Taylor tailback. Shout out to my friends over at the solid <laughs> verbal, uh, like JTT, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So, uh, he is getting drafted at around 32.7 devil's Devin Singletary at 30.2, Both of them will be sharing carries in some capacity. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with, um, Marlon Mack, Devin Singletary. Obviously they brought in Zach Moss from Utah over in Buffalo this year. So how are you looking at these two? I know they're about a couple picks apart, but again, if you're in that 32 to 34 range, one of them, if not both of them should be sitting there for you. So uh, first of all, I'm always in promotion mode, right, Michael? So I'll tell you, I did it. So me and Jason on Sundays uh, on Sirius XM, we do a stock up, stock down segment and featured in my stock down segment was in fact, Devin Singletary. Jonathan Taylor's upside is through the roof. Even Mm -hmm. if he splits carries with Marlon Mack, I think he outdoes Devin Singletary, but he definitely has a shot. And don't forget Indianapolis's offensive line is freaking awesome. So even like, first of all, by probably like week six or seven, I think he might overtake uh, Marlon Mack in carries, but even if he doesn't, I still like Jonathan Taylor here. So let me just be really blunt. If you're taking Devin Singletary ahead of Jonathan Taylor, you're bad at fantasy football and you need to let somebody else like run your team for you because that's, that's inexcusable. The fact that these ADPs are even close is like, a little bit shocking to me. Give me, give me JT tailback. That is freaking, that's a, that's a nice name. I like that. Right. I'm using it's that. pretty good. Again, shout out to my friends over at the solid verbal, one of my favorite podcasts that is not on the wind daily sports network, but yes, it is. Uh, yeah, okay, they're, they're pretty good, but um, no, I, uh, I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor again, long-term hundred percent short-term 
100%. But man, Bills fans, you got to be loving at Cian Najad. Um, we'll just, I should just bring up Josh Allen every episode and see what we get there, but we will move on from there. Another one that was pretty interesting to me with some of these picks as close as they were James Connor at 42.1 um, and DeAndre Swift at 42.5. So essentially the exact same pick right here. Who are you looking at? I mean, James Connor is kind of always hurt. He, I mean, he catches a lot of balls, but he's going to be splitting a little time with Jalen Samuels. Obviously, DeAndre Swift um, is going to be splitting some time with Carrion Johnson, who we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, it's a really weird running back by committee they have there. Of those two picks, I mean, who are you looking at right in that range? So first of all, I think Connor's going to end up splitting with uh, Anthony McFarland, the rookie they got oh, in the okay. fourth yeah. round. Mm-hmm. And it, that, yep. that's just a guess on my part. He's certainly not second in the depth chart, but I think that's where he will end up being. As much as I'm sort of down on James Connor this year, partly because of you know, because of McFarland and the other guys they have there. They also have Benny Snell there. I I like him better than DeAndre Swift for, for a couple reasons. I think Detroit's improved everywhere, including the offensive line. But like you said, on Johnson is there, and Detroit has never really been a bastion of, you know, running the ball well. It's just, mm-hmm. they've never, you know, I'm not one of those guys that, like, that, that says, like, until you prove it to me, because that's that's not projecting, right? That's just looking yeah. at the path. Anybody can do that. But I still, because Carrion Johnson is still so young, he is coming off that injury, but I think it's Carrion's job until it's not. And, and I think DeAndre might be like a little bit more featured with pass catching and stuff like that. So I'll take James Conner. I just like the upside. I like the touchdown potential for Conner. I agree. And I think with Big Bang coming back, Connor's ADP is very low, in my opinion. I mean, if you can get him in the fourth round of a 10-team draft, I think that is absolutely fantastic because mm-hmm. he is going to be featured there. As you said, thank you for reminding me, Anthony McFarlane, out of Maryland. But I do think that James Connor is going to carry much of the workload. And what are, what are those two words we love to hear? See a contract year. That's what it is. James Connor's in his contract year. So he's going to be a man on a mission. A um, couple more we have here. Mark Ingram at 51.5 and Raheem Mostert at 52 uh mark ingram obviously they brought in jk dobbins i think lamar jackson was like the sixth ranked running back last year if you just take his running statistics which is insane and then marlon or i apologize raheem Mostert is in that system with kyle shanahan where raheem Mostert might be out of a job by you know week four because that's just how the system works they traded matt Breida for like a fifth round pick or something like literally nothing so how do you feel about both of them i think i kind of showed you my hand a little bit but wh- who are you looking at there and in, in, in uh with those two it's interesting because I'm so big on the Ravens this year. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I just can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go after Ingram. I would take Mostert ahead of him. You know, Mostert's one of those guys that he can, if he flashes and if he's not like in the doghouse like Breida mm-hmm. was last year, he can overtake Tevin Coleman. You know, one game and all of a sudden he's got four touchdowns the next game. It's just it's the type of offense that can be like really dynamic and all of a sudden you know you win your fantasy week because of Raheem Mostert. Yes. Yep. Ingram is on the perfect offense, but unfortunately it's Gus Edwards. It's it's uh, J.K. Dobbins, like I said. Even Justice Hill is going to get some work, and then of yep. course you have Lamar Jackson vulturing, and you know the, the the short the short things he does with Mark Andrews. So I understand the Baltimore Ravens touchdown potential is insane, but kind of so is San Francisco, and I think Ingram's going to slowly sort of get phased out a little bit. I agree. I don't think I think he signed a three year deal. I do not see him making it to the end of that three year deal uh, with Mm -hmm. the Ravens there. But I think, again, it's an it's an interesting conversation to have. I I think it's very, you know, considering how close they are. Um, Now we're talking about some of those backups uh, that are going to be splitting carries. Kareem Hunt at 70, Marlon Mack at 75. Their ADPs. Uh, Obviously, we already talked about Nick Chubb. We already talked about JTT. Who are you looking at there and how you feel about those the perspectives of both of them? 
This one's tough. If it's PPR, I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Uh, if not, I'd probably lean on Marlon Mack and just hope that Marlon Mack, and again, it, it would be a hope that Marlon mm-hmm. Mack gets the bulk of the carries the first five, six, seven weeks. Knowing, I mean, first of all, both these offensive lines are good, but I just don't see Kareem Hunt getting enough carries to justify taking him over Marlon Mack. And again, because of the offensive line and because um, because Jonathan Taylor tailback is kind of new, you know, it, it could be. Mm-hmm. The front end of Indy's schedule isn't that hard. So yeah. if Marlon Mack can get off to a really good start, it might be his job longer than people think. And even if John, uh, Jonathan Taylor eats into that, you know, it's still Marlon Mack behind a great offensive line getting 60% of the carries. That's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. I personally would go Kareem Hunt there. I think the talent is just obviously a very big disparity. Granted, the person in front or beside him in either of those situations, I think Nick Chubb is also better and will get the benefit of the doubt and the benefit of the carries. But if anything happens to Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt is going to be an awesome own for any fantasy owner who grabbed him kind of late. Again, you know, seventh round. I don't know if his the value is there for really either of them that early in my opinion considering you kind of know neither maybe marlon Mack's going to get starting with the carries but it's going to be interesting to say the least definitely excited to see what we got a couple more ghosts i'm sorry for keeping you waiting for so long buddy but we have ronald jones at 89.5 and carry on johnson at 90.8 so again right there in that uh that you know right at the end of the ninth round range who are you looking at when you see the two of those guys if they're on the board at the exact same time who are you picking so I really like Ronald Jones here. I, I love the upside of Ronald Jones. So now the Buccaneers drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, and, and he mm-hmm. actually might – it might be his job at some point in the yep. season, but it probably won't be right away. I mean, keep in mind, we have to worry about with these rookie running backs. We have to worry about pass protection and things of that Thank nature you. as well in limited mini camps or you know training camps or preseason. So I actually really like Ronald Jones' value here. And by the way, I would probably go Rojo and then take – Keyshawn Vaughn in like the 10th or 11th round, depending on where I think he's going to go and just Mm -hmm. sort of lock up that backfield and and just see what happens. Because I do think the Bucs are going to lean on the run more than people think. I don't think Tom Brady is going to have one of those seasons where he's going to try to pile up stats and just, you know, throw the ball around and all this stuff. Like, I think it's going to be a kind of like, limited offense. I don't think they're going to need to do those things that the Buccaneers needed to do last year when Jameis Winston was digging those holes for them yes. in the first and second quarter. Yeah, I think they're going to take a much more um, level-headed approach, I guess is a good way to say it. I don't see mm-hmm. Tom Brady throwing for 50-whatever hundred yards and uh, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. I don't really see that happening anytime soon. Uh, so last one here, and this is a fun one. We have James White at 97.8 and Sony Michelle at 98.6. <laughs> Who do you like out of the Patriots backfields here? So we do need to sort of classify this a little bit because, you know, PPR versus non-PPR. So if it's PPR, I I guess I would lean James White. Um, But if it's standard, I'm all over Sony Michelle. You know, I'm kind of a big fan of Sony Michelle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I don't say that, like, I'm not trying to say he's going to be a top 10 running back, but I do think he's going to be a good running back. I I think he's really going to get utilized more than he ever has with Jared Stidham at the helm. And uh, yeah, I, I would take if it's a PPR league, I got something to think about. It's probably James White, but Sony Michelle is my guy there. I like that. And one thing I never want Patriots fans to forget is Bill Belichick took Sony Michelle before he took Nick Chubb, who was also on the board. I didn't think about that offense with Nick Chubb. That would have been just insane. And then I lied. There's two more. So we have Kenyon Drake. These are just two that I found just were absolutely fantastic. Kenyon Drake, 16.3. Josh Jacobs. 16.3. Who do you like uh, middle of that second round? I'll go with Kenyon Drake. I just love Kenyon Drake's upside, and I, and I love the Arizona offense. I don't think the defense is going to be good at Arizona, but I think their offense is going to be electric. Josh Jacobs, the problem with him, he gets a lot of carries, but he doesn't get a lot of catches. And if you notice what the Raiders did in their draft, 
they actually drafted a lot of like pass catchers, mm-hmm. both in the receiver realm and the, the running back realm. Yeah. They got kind of that, you know, a, a couple guys that are kind of like tweener guys between running back and receiver. And I think Gruden's going to want to feature them and, and show everybody like how, how neat his play calling is. So yeah, I, I really like, uh, I really like Kenyon Drake there. I like Josh Jacobs, but not ahead of Kenyon Drake. I think Josh Jacobs is going to get a boatload of red zone carries. And that's kind of why I like him a little better. I agree with you. He, he caught like what, like maybe a ball a game. If that uh, last year, it felt like it was a very low number. So maybe it in- increases this year, hopefully. But I do think the red zone carries will be fantastic. And the last one, Melvin Gordon, 29.7, Todd Gurley, 29.7, two dudes drafted in the same year. I think two picks apart neither with their current team. Now both on obviously Melvin Gordon is going to be splitting carries with Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley, is just old and arthritic somehow at 26 years old. So sad, man. So sad. He was such an incredible talent only like 18 months ago. So if you're, if you're, you're, you're strapped with picking either of these lads, uh, these old dudes now, essentially who, uh, who are you looking at at right around that 29, 30 pick? Well, first of all, this is the life of a running back and it almost yeah, seems I, unfair. Mm-hmm. Your lifespan as a running back is about half of what it is at pretty much any other position. I mean, you are damaged goods basically at 28 or 29 if you're looking for a new contract. So mm-hmm. it just kind of really sucks that you have to, like a lot of these running backs have to deal with their rookie contract. And by the time they're done with it, it's like, uh, we kind of don't really value you anymore. And you, you know, you're only like 26, 27 at that point yep. trying to get your new contract. So uh, here, I'm just going to stay away from Todd Gurley altogether. I don't love Melvin Gordon either, but but I'll take Melvin Gordon here. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just such a sad situation to see both of them in. I mean, at least Melvin Gordon could have just accepted the offer from the Chargers and made way more money, but it is what it is. Todd Gurley got paid at least. I mean, shout out to him for that. So let us, uh, that's our NFL talk. We always have to do it. And we, uh, we kept our friend ghost waiting for a little while, man. Did you at least enjoy the show? I got, I had you on hold essentially for like 15 minutes at this point. I'm sorry about that, man. I was answering the questions in my head. It was, uh, it was cool. I got to ask then Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon. Uh, I got to disagree with you on that one. I, I like the upside of Todd Gurley. I mean, uh, I'm, I've never been a Melvin Gordon fan and I just, I, I don't see how Philip Lindsay doesn't cut into, uh, into his workload and Gurley's pretty much got an empty backfield back there and that Atlanta defense is, is, is terrible. So they're going to be, uh, they're going to be on offense most of their games and they're always playing from behind. I like Todd Gurley this season, especially if you could grab him between, uh, slightly later than his ADP. 29 is is a little high that uh, is a little too much higher than that I'm comfortable paying for but if you could get him between the uh, anywhere between 33 and I'd say 40 range I'd, I'd like Todd Gray this year all right well, I, we're, I honestly, we're gonna bring on ghost earlier next time my bad dude I should just <laughs> had you on the whole time no so so I, I it's funny it's gonna sound weird but I almost agree with everything he said because I always defer to upside almost always I defer to upside even you know even if the floor is gonna be low the problem with girlies I, I feel like his floor could be so low that I just I I just don't want to deal with it but I actually agree that his upside is better than Melvin Gordon I don't think anybody could disagree with that so if you were to take him ahead of Melvin I totally get it, but but like he said, I I don't know that. I mean that that ADP is high, man. Yeah. I mean if if things are if things are tracking like they they have been the last you know couple months with Gurley, that's going to drop for sure. Yeah, I mean I don't. Let's see if he even makes it to preseason or training camp. It's unfortunate, but <laughs> Ghost, thank you for coming on, man. We do appreciate it. I mean we are a daily fantasy sports website. We're a sports betting website too, and we've given a lot of picks, and we're excited for that. But we need to talk some okay. DFS, man. We know we know KBO's coming up in only a few short hours. We got some CS:GO coming up as well, man. I mean we had the. Uh, what was it the acronym Olympics with the LOL and uh, <laughs> uh, JT last week, yeah. which is an absolute yeah. blast. But we wanted to bring you back on 
there's only a couple sports on DraftKings if you check out the lobby what we got rocking with right now. So, Ghost, talk to us. How did you do last week in uh, in, in a couple of your KBO and CSO uh, CS go uh, games? It went uh, it went pretty well. There were uh, there were a couple of upsets that uh, that kind of caught the whole industry by surprise. I think just given by uh, by the ownership percentage. I mean, if you take a look at today, uh, there's a guy by the name of Bubski, if I'm pronouncing it properly. There's a couple of Zeds in there too, so it's a little uh, it's a little tough to pronounce, but. I think uh, we had a couple of subs uh, throwing it in our Discord there. And in some of the contests, he was up to 83% owned and he just threw up a dud. So it's uh, it's one of those things that you, you can't really predict. I mean, you almost feel confident that you made the right play because of how, how high owned he is. And uh, if, if you were on him and that much of the industry was on him, there has to be a reason for it. So I always let the guys know, hey, just, uh, just be positive and that we'll bounce back tomorrow with no problem at all. And that one player that's 83% owned doesn't necessarily kill your lineup because if it hurt you, it hurt 83% of the field, mm-hmm. right? So it's not an issue at all. Uh, my personal lineups have been going pretty well. I mean, uh, if you take a look at that DraftKings lobby, there are so many CSGO slates. So uh, even I've, I've been trying to help people one-on-one as well. Everybody knows that I'm free to uh, to help out one-on-one in, uh, in the DMs and stuff like that. So it's always my pleasure to help out there. And Someone was telling me, man, this slate really hurts. And it was at six in the morning. And I was like, bro, you have you have a 9.30 slate, you have an 11.30 slate, and then you have a 1.30 slate. I mean, still got 75% of just your CSGO day left. So with the amount of slates that are out there, you just got to you gotta put your head down and just power through. Everything's going pretty well. And we appreciate that positivity from you, Gus. That's why we love you so much, man. So I guess moving forward in the next few days, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get you on Thursday's show because I know it's going to be jam-packed with JT coming on, talking LOL, if I'm not mistaken, talking MMA. What are you looking at over the next couple of days from the CSGO perspective? And who are some of the teams? I know you were talking about maps last time, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember yeah. that entire conversation, so maybe Sia can help me out there. But what, what are you looking at and who are you looking at to uh, to build some of your rosters around moving forward? I mean, uh, if you take a look just at the slates that start in, uh, surprisingly, in a couple hours uh, Eastern time, I think the first slate's at 4 a.m. Uh, you have the uh, the Oceana DreamHack uh, slate that's there. The The key differentiator between DreamHack slates and Blast slates, it, and when I say that, it, it's essentially the, the name of the tournament itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the DreamHack slates are best of three, whereas the Blast are best of one. So I've been trying to tell guys as much as possible is that with the amount of volatility that's in just video games, period. I mean, whether it's us three on here playing a video game right now, or these guys that are professionals, you just go out sometimes and you just play bad. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nothing that you could really control. So you you can always target the best guys. I mean, I'm I'm not really a game log type of guy, but if you end up checking game logs, oh, this guy seems pretty consistent, and oh, he's got a good amount of kills per round, and oh, he must do well, and then he goes and throws up a dud. I mean, look at what happened today, right? So. With these one-game slates on uh, on Blast, it's it's definitely a lot harder, and I, I'd recommend going MME in, in those ones. Pretty much keeping the core of uh, of your lineup construction and then switching out one, two, maybe three guys max just to make sure that you cover all your bases. Um, tomorrow, there's uh, a really good underdog that that I'm leaning on right now in my DraftKings lineups, and that's uh, Order. They're coming in against Avon Gaming, and these guys are red hot. <laughs> they, they've won 11 straight games. Uh, Avant is is a very good team as well. They have some talented individuals, but uh, what, what we've noticed with CS:GO, with COD, with uh, with League of Legends, when it, and it pretty much applies to all sports. When you're on that streak, you're just on one. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm taking a look at order. They they've won two of their past series against Avant. So yes, they lost to them in the past, and it's definitely plausible that they do lose tomorrow. But 
I'm running the hot hand here. 11 straight wins. They, they, they took the last two against them. I definitely like them. And then if you take a look at the side of Avant, they have one of the best players in the world in Sterling. That's there. So definitely a lot of intrigue that's there, and it's going to make for some interesting lineup construction. Uh, the second game is just a complete blowout. You pretty much have uh, one of the best teams playing one of the worst teams, if not the worst team uh, in, in, in that league. So I pretty much told the guys, load up on the Renegades, pick three of them. That's the maximum that you're allowed to play and just move on with your lineup construction. So I recommended three in particular. There's a guy named Sicko, Dexter, and INS. Those are the top three guys on the team by far. Talented individuals. They play well together. That game is an absolute no-brainer tomorrow, and they're actually uh, minus 1,200 favorites, just to put into perspective for our sports betters. So every time I see anything over minus 1,000, I'm surprised that it's even on the book. I mean, I don't even know how they make money on those ones, but it's a no-brainer from a DFS perspective. Uh, for the next couple following slates, uh, we have CS favorite team, Team Vitality, and Zaiwu is our, uh, our back in action. Zaiwu is back in action. So That's my guy, uh, Zaiwu. <laughs> so he's... Uh, He's probably the top target on that main blast slate that's there starting at 1.45 p.m. Eastern time. And surprisingly, he's he's lower priced than he usually is. Usually he's floating in around the 10K range, and that, that is very high for a CSGO player. But tomorrow we do get kind of a 10% uh, shave off of his salary at, at 9,200. And the team that they're playing is the number one team in the world, and they're priced up very, very high. But they actually lost two of their best players and their best shot caller. So when I say the shot caller, there's basically a guy that pretty much makes all the decisions in the game. And uh, they both actually stepped aside to deal with, with some personal issues, uh, specifically mental health issues that they were kind of burning out and this and that. So they released uh, statements to the public and everything's okay. I mean, they're going to come back eventually, but Australis is just not the same team that they were two weeks ago. I mean, for anybody that's been keeping up with uh, with our CSGO content over at One Daily Sports and everything that the whole team is uh, is contributing. I pretty much talk about Ashley's in every single article. They're the number one, if not maybe number two stack in all of my articles, but uh, it, it's very hard for me, more from a fan perspective to uh, to fade them tomorrow, but they're just not looking like the same team without them. I mean, they had a brutal loss to Ninjas in Pajamas who they, they're just not in good form recently and they're, uh, they're pretty inconsistent and they still end up uh, getting absolutely wiped 16 to seven, so. I'm not on Ashley's tomorrow. Team Vitality is the way to go with Zaiwu, and I'm I'm definitely confident in that pick. The North American games are always tough for me to uh, to call. These teams are the definition of what inconsistency is in sports. I mean, one time they end up dominating each other, and then they might even play the same day or the next day, and they just fight the vice versa happens. So it's uh, it, it's a very tightly contested league, and it, it's more based on team play, I find, and there's a couple individual players that are leaps and bounds above not only players on their team, but players on the opposition. So what I recommend to the guys is that, especially in these one game slates is that yes, it's important to pick winners, but it's also important to get guys that have a good kill to death ratio, meaning that you pretty much want guys that are going to get as many kills as possible with dying as many less times. So even if, for example, a team like Ashley's ends up losing to team Vitality and Zaiwu, well, if they get a guy that, gets some kills during the game and then he doesn't die, they could still lose the round even though he didn't die. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. his personal stats will be good, but the team ends up losing. So we got to target guys like that. And tomorrow, the North American game is a prime example of that. You have two prime targets in Floppy and Breeze that no matter who wins there, both of them are going to get theirs. And I'd recommend them in, uh, in the core of everyone's lineups. 
the last game that I really have my eye on is MIBR versus Gen G. Um, I really like uh, watching Gen G. They have a strong uh, three-headed monster there, but uh, MIBR is just too strong. I mean, these guys have taken down some elite teams in the past, and uh, like exactly what I wrote there is that they take care of business when they need to. So whenever they play somebody that's inferior to them, it's I don't want to say it's a no-brainer. I mean, anything could happen in any sport, but they definitely take care of their business when there's somebody that's there and they're just they outright are just better than them from a talent perspective, from a team perspective. They usually take care of what they have to do, and tomorrow's one of those days. I mean. Genji is a very good club, and it, it would pretty much shock a lot of people. I have a feeling that MIBR, especially after their performance today, and uh, they were featured in yesterday's article, so that was another good hit for us, uh, for the team. Um, MIBR played really well today, and I'm looking for them to continue that tomorrow. And Fur is probably my number one captain choice tomorrow, if you're not going uh, with Zaiwu. If you want to get a little contrarian there, Fur is definitely my pick. No, not going, going with Zaiwu. We're going Zaiwu. What are we even talking Get about here? here. Oh, Come on, Ghost. gotta go Zaiwu. Ghost, I love this. It is so incredible how much you know about this stuff. It is like mind-boggling and mind-blowing. And we appreciate you over here at Win Daily because you know, you know all these slates. You know who you're going after. How are you going after them? As you said, it's kind of a weird setup with just all these essentially just showdown after showdown all day, which is an absolute blast. So let's get it. Um. So yeah, man, we really appreciate it. See, uh, see, I mean, were there any other names that stuck out to you? I really liked Sicko. Um, Order was, I think, the name of a team that was kind of cool. I mean, Zaiwu's our man, but anything else that uh, hit your hit you hit you hit you nicely, Sia? Not really. I just I just want to try to get Zaiwu on the show, and I'm wondering, like, so we'll probably need a Shout translator out. too. Like, how do we make that happen? Ghost, do you know Zaiwu? We got to make that happen. I mean, no. if I knew Zaiwu, man, we we would be going places. But uh, mm. right now, you guys are stuck with me. Hopefully, Zaiwu can uh, can get on here one day. All right, Shout we need to reach Zai out Wu. to his representative. Yes, I mean, why would he not want to be here? Let's be honest. Um, Who doesn't also, want to be on here? We appreciate that. Uh, Ghost really do love it. Again, go hop in the Discord chat. It is fantastic. Ghost is there answering questions. Jim Thompson's there answering questions. Rocker is there. I think he's even the CSGO a little bit. He's answering questions. So we can do that. Articles up on the website. So if you didn't quite catch all that, I would say reverse time a little bit. You can do that. You're listening on a phone if you're not listening live. So you can go back, hear some of Ghost's favorite picks and plays and move forward. And then the last thing we do need to talk about, I mean, the base um, base summer man it is summer it, we're after memorial day so i'm watching baseball whether i know who the hell i'm watching or what the hell i'm watching you're you're winning money on kbo which it seems nightly at this point so kudos and congratulations to you there man and obviously rocker as well he's he's helping shout out shout out mr rocker but talk to us a little bit about uh the the next couple kbo slates that are coming up and who you're really paying attention to there um tonight's slate is uh it actually has a lot of intrigue on it the the pitching options are again leaps and bounds better than what we had yesterday yesterday was a uh was a complete dumpster fire but again the uh the three plays from the article ended up crushing and those were the key because uh you ended up having a 20 to even 30 point swing on uh on some pitchers because of how much they got rocked i mean you had uh this piney yesterday throw up uh, negative 15 points and Whoa. It was mega chalk yesterday. So if and with, with no slate on FanDuel, those those hits against and uh, not only the earned runs, but definitely the hits against. Uh, he took an absolute beating yesterday. So yes, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I've you know bet, betting MLB is is probably like my best sport just from a profitability standpoint. And I can tell you if this is the same Despain 
uh, from the MLB, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, it yep. is. Oh my god, I won so much money betting <laughs> against that guy. I mean, yeah. I lost it in other places, but <laughs> that guy was an absolute gift. So you're telling me he's even bad in KBO? I mean, he was. Just to give you a, a kind of perspective on what yesterday's pitching options were, he was the. I don't even know how to put this. He was the Scherzer, Garrett Cole, and Verlander combined of the KBO slate in terms of pitching options yesterday with how bad the entire slate was. So wow, he drew a lot of ownership. And recently, I mean, he, he had four previous starts in the KBO this year alone. And he did flash some strikeout upside. And on DraftKings, that definitely helps a lot. But I just didn't see it yesterday. He was... Uh, he was my fade. I, it, I I was okay with playing him in cash games. I'm not gonna lie. I, I did admit that, and I because of his heavy ownership. I mean, you you almost need to play him. It's kind of like a guy where again, if he busts, it's not just you. It's the entire field. So for cash games, it was fine. But uh, for uh, for my kings of the hill, as I like to call it, we absolutely nailed it yesterday with the Kia pitcher in and uh, the KIW pitcher Han, who ended up being uh, the two leading scorers on the slate. My goodness, look at that. Yeah. So keep betting against Espanye. See ya. That's, I think, the moral of that <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, though, I apologize. We kind of, we were on the middle of something. Sia got all excited because he remembered my money a little bit. <laughs> a couple years ago when Espanye was in the MLB. Uh, yeah. But yes, Ghost, please, we apologize. Um, for tonight, uh, Casey Kelly is pretty much a lock, uh, especially on FanDuel and even on DraftKings. I mean, he's playing a Samsung team that, these guys just love to whiff on anything, whether it's 10 feet above their head, 10 feet into the dirt, left or right of the plate. These guys just swing at anything. I mean, uh, they, they lead the KBO in strikeouts, and Casey Kelly is definitely an elite pick. I mean, he was featured in uh, in last article when he was starting, and he threw up 34 uh, DK points, and you absolutely needed him to take down the GPP, and he actually drew some heavy ownership in cash, so you probably needed him uh, there too, unless you hit some low-owned bats. But... Again, Casey Kelly tonight is definitely the pick on the mound. He's coming in 23% strikeout rate. And yeah, his ERA is a little uh, inflated at 4.05. His FIP is down to 2.5. So he's been getting a little unlucky with mm-hmm. uh, with some errors on defense and, and this and that. But tonight's the night where you definitely want to target Casey Kelly. His price way up on DraftKings. I mean, uh, beforehand, he used to be between the 7 to 7,800, 7,900 range. And today he's up there almost at 9,000. He's tagged at 8,800. So you have to get a little creative with your builds, uh, especially with the next guy that I'm about to talk about. But Casey Kelly is definitely a lock for me, especially on FanDuel at $25. How he is not the the pitcher with the highest price on that slate, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I would just lock in Casey Kelly, not even think twice about it, and move on with the rest of your lineup construction. Uh, the other pitcher that I'm targeting is actually Hyun Jong Yang. And this one's a little interesting. And it, I'm, I'm hoping he draws low ownership, number one, because of his price tag. Uh, he's $100 just short of 10k on there. He's tagged at 9900 and he is the highest price pitcher on FanDuel. Um, FanDuel, he's not really in the conversation. Again, I'm kind of just going Casey Kelly in there and uh, and focusing on the rest of my lineup construction. Given that uh, a couple tournaments are two or three maxes that I'm going to be entering tonight, then I might throw maybe one, uh, one Yang in there. But again, I'm probably going all in on Casey Kelly. I'll ride or die with Casey Kelly tonight. But um Yang is definitely interesting because he's been blown up twice this year, but uh, it happened to two of the best offenses. And now that we kind of have the sample size that we need to really evaluate not only players, but teams in general, and we kind of get the park breakdowns a little bit better. I mean, you could Google which park is a hitter's park in the KBO as much as you want, but 
uh, unless you watch live and you end up seeing exactly how the wind ends up affecting games over there versus over here and this and that. So we have a much larger sample size and he did get lit up on opening day. I mean, we were in Discord all day saying, please do not play Yang, please do not play Yang. And every article that was out there, I mean, like anybody else, it was the first day of the KBO. We're all relying on 2019 stats. We're saying this guy is pretty much the Cy Young winner of the KBO. We got to play him. And he got absolutely obliterated. So um, the reason why we were saying that is because he's 0-4 in his career uh, in opening day. And his ERA, I think, is north of 7 or 8 at that point. So he was a definite fate on that day. He was That, that was one of the two games that he got lit up. And the last one was his last start uh, against the KT Wiz. Tonight, I really like him because he's facing off against the low Giants, and their lineup is is a little under uh, underachieving right now. Mm-hmm. They came out of the gates really hot, and uh, it kind of shocked everybody because even those that are very close to the KBO, because they were wildly expected to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the KBO. But uh, lately, they've, they've really cooled off, and Yang is, is really going to take over that game tonight. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go six, seven, maybe even eight innings, rack up some strikeouts there. A couple of Lotes' best hitters are lefties as well, and they got that lefty on that B matchup. So I absolutely love the southpaw tonight on the mound, and I, I really think he shuts his stuff tonight. My goodness. As we've said, KBO, it's free. Go check out Ghost's articles. Go hang out with me at 6 o'clock in the morning and watch these incredible bat flips. I don't wake up my girlfriend because I'm considerate, Ghost. But maybe, you know, there's just things. We're just different people. It's That's just how it works, right? But no, go, che- <laughs> go check out Ghost's articles on the website, windelysports.com. Go hang out in the Discord chat with Ghost. It is free for KBO. Just go hang out. Ask them all these questions. You'll see all these dudes answering questions and, and hanging out. And as we said, we've been crushing it absolutely crushing it as you as ghost humbly put a lot of his picks recently have been crushing it in these articles so go go take advantage of them and, and see it. i mean are you gonna i mean next time despite comes up i'm assuming you're gonna throw some money against him right yeah i'm gonna need an alert first of all so please and thank you <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to figure out if i'm gonna be up like past midnight so i can get a pick uh, a pick from you so while i'm sleeping i can be making money Love there's it. one game there's one pick that i'm gonna check now uh, give me a second. Yeah, it's getting kind of late. It's almost ten o'clock, so we'll see. I'm already yeah, tired. I'm practically in bed. We're we're coming up to it, so I, I just want to check the game total in the KT Wiz and uh, Dusen game. Um, Is it again? It, it's, uh, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it's uh, if it's around eleven. But honestly, anything that's twelve or under, I might uh, I might consider it. Whereas life's, too short, here, life's too short to bet the and, under. And, man. and for Take for, the for those. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, it's funny though, Michael. You, you said something about the under a couple of weeks ago. What was what's your tagline for the under? You were like, "Bet the under." You're like, "You're you're winning." Right? Oh when the yeah, game you're starts. winning. Once the game starts, you're actually winning if you bet the under. You don't lose <laughs> until it actually goes over, right? You're are you're already in the you're in the black until you know you're not anymore. So I guess it's not quite so, a so tagline. Just you know, pretty much without fail, like you're winning most of the time mm-hmm. yeah. that the game is going. Exactly. Uh, something to be said for that. It, there's right. something about it. If you're oh, if you're winning for most of the game, you should feel like a winner in some capacity. But Ghost, what do you got? What's that over? <laughs> we have the uh, we have the total at twelve and a half. So huh? oh, so close. Huh? What do you think? So the, I think it goes over. Hell yeah! Of course it goes over. over. Let's I go. Think, I'm gonna I wake up game, and it's gonna uh, be ten to five. Yeah. So <laughs> you're gonna wake up. It's gonna be three uh, to four. The game yesterday finished eleven to eight, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, uh, and Dusan's pitcher is really, really struggling. I mean, uh, again, I, I, I don't want to take too much, uh, too much more of the time, but 
just some quick stats. He's got an 8.72 ERA. Oh my God. floating above six. And uh, his home run per nine is 2.27. Yikes. That KT offense is going to explode, and I'm probably game stacking that in a lot of my DFS lineups as well. Take the over. You heard it here yeah. potentially first. I hope you heard it here first because um, where else are you going to hear it, right? Especially for free. You're hearing it here first for free, so it doesn't get any Absolutely. better than that. But, guys, this was an incredible show. Thank you to Ghost for coming on. I am Michael Raziel. But wait, I'm sorry. I messed that I messed that up, guys. Let me start again. Um, it's live, so I'm not really starting again. I'm just redoing it. Ghost, where can everyone find you online? Uh, everyone can find me on Twitter at DFS underscore ghost. And then uh, on the Win Daily Sports Network, whether it be on our website, got some free content, got some paid content on there as well. And in Discord, bouncing around from channel to channel. I'll be up in the KBO chat uh, tonight up until uh, 6, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Come and join us. It's free. Make sure you guys come join the team. I literally wake up before you go to bed, and I love <laughs> I love that so much. Stia, where can all the Ravens and Bills fans find you on Twitter? Um, at M I C H A E L R A S I L E one. Michael Razili one. Or alternatively, you can find me at Najad. That is at S I A N E J A D. Hate mail is encouraged. Very encouraged, and I will retweet it. Thank you to both of these gentlemen for Ghost for CIA. I am Michael Raziel. Make it a profitable night, everybody.